be here. Well, the rest of you, I'm sorry for you, but I'm glad some of you are glad to be here. Uh, no, it's a, it is a beautiful day out there. It's a little brisk, which is not uh, necessarily a bad thing. Uh, there's no snow on the ground, so I'm still happy. <laughs> uh, I don't mind the snow. I think it's beautiful. I just don't like to shovel the snow um, or have to plow the snow or, you know, any of those good things. Uh, but uh, uh, take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 17. Again, if you would, and uh, this is a this is an interesting chapter. Um, in fact, I believe it's a very important chapter. Uh, we all know as you go throughout the, the Gospels that Jesus was a man of prayer. Uh, he is. Uh, we're, we're told multiple times uh, throughout Scripture, and just for sake of time. Uh, we won't go through every place, but but he was a man of prayer. He would uh, he prayed, uh, and the disciples saw him, and they asked them to heard him, and they asked him to teach them to pray. Back in in uh, Luke chapter eleven, uh, it happened all throughout. They, uh, he would uh, in Mark it says uh, that he was how busy he was in that first day of ministry. And the next morning he got up early before anybody else and went out to pray. And, and here at the end of, and here in a, in a chapter or two, he's going to go to Gethsemane. And, and the Bible says that uh, Judas knew where he was going because that he was wanting to go there. And guess what he did in Gethsemane quite a bit? He prayed. Uh, he was somebody that spent much time in prayer. Uh, but what we don't hear much of is what he prayed. Uh, we hear little snippets here and there. Uh, uh, he prayed in Gethsemane, let, uh, let this cup be from me, but but not my will, but thy will be done. We we know that while he was hanging on the cross, he uh, he, he he said uh, he asked the Father that they would not hold us to their cause. Uh, uh, he uh, he also uh, uh, said uh, into my hand, thy hands I commit my spirit. Uh, there were small prayers that we hear that we would see here and then, but but in chapter seventeen. The entire 20, 26 verses, the entire chapter is the prayer of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I love to listen to people who could really pray. Have, have, has anybody ever met somebody or, or known somebody that when they prayed, they could just get the ear of God? And, and it, was, it almost it humbled you when you, when, you were able, when you got the chance to pray in their presence. Uh, uh, that's happened to me before. As a young Christian, uh, I got to, uh, to just be in the, in the midst of, of some mighty men of God. Uh, one of these men, his name is uh, Robbie Morrison, a great preacher. He was a pastor in West Virginia. Uh, he worked with Rock of Ages prison ministry for years, did their overseas. We'd go into prisons, and, and man, he'd always come back with reports of what God would do, and, and he, would, he would come back, and the pastor would get together with him in his office, and, and there was a couple times when I got invited to come into that place and to pray with them, and my goodness, to be in them in there and to hear with those men of God as they prayed, and as they got a hold of God, it, it just, it, man, it, it gives you a hunger and a, a desire to be able to do the same thing. In fact, we're, we're told that we're to have a, 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 a prayer life. We're, to, we're, we're told in the scripture that we're to, to have a life of, of, of continued prayer, that we're to pray without ceasing. Uh, Paul told Timothy, first of all, before you do anything else, that you're to pray. It, 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 our life is to be built around prayer. And G Jesus taught the disciples to pray. And many times we call that the, the Lord's Prayer. But that's not the Lord's Prayer. Because Jesus couldn't pray that prayer. If you remember, he says, uh, that prayer says, uh, uh, asking forgiveness for our trespasses as we forgive others. Uh, Jesus never committed any trespass. Uh, he was, he was without sin. Uh, he, he was teaching the disciples. He, he gave them a model prayer. But this passage of scripture is, is a, is a word for word, a documentation of the, of the very prayer that fell from the lips of Jesus Christ. And it didn't fall heedlessly to the ground. It didn't hit the ceiling and bounce off. If anybody could get a hold of the Father, it was Jesus Christ. If, if anybody could, 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 uh, could uh, make that, that, that connection, and, and it, was, it was the Son of, uh, of God, it was Jesus. And, and so as we read this, as we go through this, and, and in a minute we're going to stand, we're going to read the whole chapter, and, and, uh, and then we're going to pray and, and seek God's help for this morning. But as we, as we read this, understand this was Jesus' prayer. And in this prayer, and this is something that's very special, he prays for us. 
Now, we're not going to get to that this morning. Uh, we're only going to get the, probably to the first, through the first uh, portion of it. If you want to hear the rest of it, come back this afternoon. And, and, <laughs> and, and you can learn how Jesus prays for you. But, but why is that so special that Jesus is praying for us? Because that's what he does for us now. When he sat and sits at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, and it's the man Christ Jesus. It's Jesus Christ who intercedes on your and my behalf. And here we see him interceding in John chapter 17 on behalf of the apostles, the 11 that were given to him, but then also on all, all of those others that would believe on him who had never seen him. Guess, guess who that is? You and me. I praise God for the, the opportunity that, that we can, can, can take a look at uh, this because it gives us a closer understanding of, of his, uh, of his uh, relationship with the Father. Uh, we know that Jesus is, is, uh, uh, is the Son of God, uh, but he's only one of the persons of God. Uh, the Bible says that in him, in Christ, dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead. He was fully God, completely in, in the body, but he set aside his glory to come to this earth. And we're going we're gonna to get, get a look into this verse here, but here he's praying to the Father, the, the, uh, one of the other parts of the Godhead. And there's one other one, the Holy Spirit, who we talked about him last week in, in the last chapter when Jesus, Jesus said that he had to leave so that the, so the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, could come. And that's the third portion of the Godhead. So we're going to see, take a look at his relationship with the Father here in this, in this chapter this morning. And I, listen, I hope it's a, it's a blessing to you because as, as we look and see uh, who Jesus is and we didn't have a better understanding and a greater knowledge, uh, we have a, uh, listen, that's what it, our eternal life, that's what this, this salvation is all about. It isn't just a ticket out of heaven or out of hell and a ticket to heaven. Sometimes we treat it like that. Right? I, I, I've got the golden ticket, right? The, the Willy Wonka factory song, whatever the movie was back in the day. Uh, right? It's not a golden ticket to get us to heaven. It's not, it's not a, a, a get out of hell free card, right? It, it, God has given us eternal life, but in verse three in this it tells us what that eternal life is, and it's that we might know Christ and that we might know the Father. I am so thankful for that. If you would stand with me, we're going to read uh, the, the chapter. And I, uh, if, you, if you're unable to stand, if your legs are wobbly, uh, if you've had surgery or, or, or whatever, don't, I'm not offended, but uh, I believe that we can stand for, for the reading of the Word of God, if you would. All right, starting verse 1, says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, and with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them. They have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil." They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And as for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that, I, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit have your way in our hearts, Lord. May we be tender and yield to you. Lord, may your spirit give us understanding of the truth of your word. Lord, may we see the glory of the Father, Lord, as we see the glory of the Son. God, I pray that there's one here today that is without Christ. Lord, today would be the day that they come to Christ for salvation in faith. Lord, I pray that if there's some of us, Lord, that may be straying or struggling or hurt, God, that you would deal with us as individuals, Lord. Lord, you are the one who sees our hearts. I I, I, I don't have that understanding. I don't have that discernment. I don't have uh, that ability. But, Father, God, I pray that you would speak to each one of us, Lord, and deal with us as, as is needed. Work in us, Lord, that we might become more and more like Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for all you've done. We thank you for what you're about to do. And we praise you, for, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Verse 1 says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven. I wish I could have been there. Now, uh, we have to understand when, when this is taking place. Uh, this is not at the beginning of his ministry. Uh, this is not uh, as he's preparing and, and has just collected his 12 disciples. This is after three and a half years of ministry. Uh, uh, he, has, uh, he has been walking and teaching and, and healing and, and, and performing miracles and, and sitting with the disciples alone and preparing these disciples to, be, to do what? To start the church. When, when, when he was going to be crucified and he was going to rise again, he was going to give them the directive to go out into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, he was going to provide for them the comforter, the Holy Spirit, which he was going to tell them to wait in Jerusalem until they had received it. And at that point, uh, he, they were going to go out and they were going to, to start the church. And they started it right there in Jerusalem, just like uh, he said. And we find that in Acts chapter uh, Acts chapter 2, when, when Pentecost uh, came about and and uh, the, 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 the Holy Spirit came down upon them and moved and, and Peter preached and 3,000 people got saved in a single service. That would be pretty cool. 3,000 people got saved because of one message. And I don't know how that's possible here today because there's not 3,000 of us in here. But, <laughs> but, but praise the Lord for what the Holy Spirit can do when the Holy Spirit works in the, in the heart of somebody. But, but that was the preparation. that He's been preparing them for, for, for this, his entire ministry uh, there in, in Israel. So now as he's praying, he's been teaching, he's been, he's been, he's been uh, ministering and, and serving and helping these men to come to this point. He's, he's, uh, he's taught them some few things we just covered the last few weeks, uh, uh, that to, how they're to love one another, how, how they're to serve one another. And, and he's preparing them for this moment that he's about to leave them because as far as they know, he, wanted, he was going to be their leader forever. He's going to reign from, from Jerusalem. And he just told them that he is going to leave and, and uh, he would be going, going away for a while and he would come again, John chapter 14. And, uh, but now as, as they've left the, the, the Last Supper, they're, 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 they're walking and Jesus is, is talking to them in John 16 and talking to them of the Holy Spirit coming and how he must leave so the Holy Spirit must come. He begins to pray. 
It says, these words spake Jesus. It's right after he tells them that in verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you that in the that in me ye might have peace, in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And he stops teaching and begins to pray. And he starts his prayer with this, Father, the hour has come. That's reminiscent to chapter 12, when the, when the, when the, uh, the Greeks came to him, and his response to the, uh, to the to the Greeks and to the to the to, to the, the apostles that brought the Greeks, his response to them was, "The hour has come." Why? This has just happened the, the day before. We're, we're, there, been, there are chapters here. Uh, it looked, and we, I've been preaching on the, these these chapters for weeks, but this happened in a matter of hours, and uh, this wasn't a long period of time. Uh, this is just a, a short period of time. He says, "The hour has come." Hey, what what hour? The time that was set aside for him to die. Jesus didn't come into the world, we talked about this a few weeks ago, Jesus didn't come into the world to, 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 to heal uh, those that were sick. I mean, he, he did that, that was a portion of his earthly ministry. There were, there were signs that were done uh, to, to show the disciples and to show the Jews who were looking for a sign that he was the Christ, the, the, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Uh, those things were done, but, uh, but he didn't come to heal. He didn't come to, to feed 5,000 people. He didn't come to uh, even to, to, to teach he came to seek and to save that which was lost. His whole purpose for being here on this earth was to finish the work that, Christ, that the Father had for him. He talked about that in John chapter 4, right? Well, when the disciples came to him and said, after he talked to the woman at the well, and they said, hey, we, we, we've got lunch. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And he said, I have meat that you know not of. And he says, my meat is to, to, to finish the work that the Father had given me. His, 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 he, was, he, he was witnessing and sharing the, the truth of the gospel with the woman at the well, but his work wasn't finished until the appointed time. See, it, it was an appointed time. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, that, that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the world. God had it appointed at a certain, at a certain moment uh, that, 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 that he was going to die on that cross. It was going to happen from before Adam and Eve were ever created. God already knew. And listen, it's hard for us with our finite minds to grasp this. And listen, my mind is as finite as they come. I, 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 I understand how difficult it is, but I want, we need to understand God's mind isn't limited like our minds are. God, God knew exactly what he, what he was going to do and how mankind would, re, would respond with free will. He knew that he was not surprised when Adam and Eve sinned. It, it didn't come as a shock. Yes, he was grieved, but it didn't come as a shock because before he, the world was ever created, he'd already planned on Christ dying. Why? Because he knew there would be a need for a Savior. He knew that, that given free will, that man would always fail every single time. So before the, before the foundations of the world, God, God in, his, in his sovereignty, in his, in his all-knowing, omniscient mind, all-powerful mind, he, he planned for the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. It was appointed. Do you understand that, that, that our entire, the, the, the entire Bible revolves around the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Our history even revolves around. You ever hear of a, a, a certain date, B.C. or A.D.? B.C. means before Christ. A.D. means Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord. It's all based around the birth, the death, the, 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 the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But more importantly, our spiritual life is based upon this, that this hour would come. Now, it's easy to say, well, Jesus said for this, the, 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 the hour has come. But understand, uh, this was not easy. Back in, in, in John chapter 12, Actually, let's turn to it real quick. The first time he mentions this. John chapter 12, verse 23. says, And Jesus answered, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, and he talks about the, the wheat dying. But look down at verse 27. Now is my soul troubled. 
What does the soul have to be troubled with? Do, do we really understand what Christ was about to go through? The physical pain, the suffering, the, the, the turning of the backs of all the disciples uh, who were going to forsake him here at the Garden of Gethsemane when right after Peter chops off the ear of the, of the servant and Christ heals it, they all run away. Uh, they, they may follow, but they follow afar off. Uh, they, they, there were none that stayed. Only, only John was there at the... Uh, was there during the crucifixion. Uh, they all ran away. Uh, not only th- that, but uh, as he hung on that cross, he was going to bear the sins of the whole world. And Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might n- be- have a-, a relationship with the Father. Your sin and my sin were placed upon him on that cross. Listen, your sins weren't nailed to the cross. Your sins were carried to the cross by Jesus Christ. And so he understood was about to, what was about to happen for the first time ever. There was going to be something upon him that was going to separate him from the Father. Which is why he said, why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine the grief and the sorrow that he was about to bear? And now he says, Lord, Father, the hour has come. He says, I know it's time. God, it's your time. He says, glorify the Son, that the Son, thy Son, also may glorify thee. He prays and asks God to glorify him. I've heard people say that that's a selfish prayer. But can I tell you that Jesus Christ deserved all the glory he could receive. He was about to receive glory. In fact, I preached this a few weeks ago, that the greatest glory that Christ could ever receive, that we could ever see, is in a picture of Christ on the cross. Because as Christ humbled himself, and listen, he did humble himself. He took off that glory that he once wore. He took it off, and he humbled himself and became like a man, and he became a servant. And the Bible says he humbled himself even to the death of the cross. But can I tell you, when we look at Christ on the cross, we should see the glory of God. Uh, we, we can glory in the cross because of what the cross means for you and I. Without the cross, there would be no salvation. Without the cross, there would still be a great divide between us and the Father, a, a divide that you and I could never cross, a divide that you and I could never, could never overcome. And we would come to that divide and we'd stand there and we could look longingly knowing that there is a relationship that we w- could have had, but we can't. Why? Because Christ never died on the cross. But I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, talking about the resur- resurrection. But he did die, and he did resurrect. We can glory in the cross because of what Christ did for us. But he's about to ready to be, to be glorified. He's praying for this glory. And I just want you to know that this prayer, first of all, for glory for himself, and he's going to talk about the apostles, and then he's going to talk about us as well and how that we might glorify the Father even through a reflecting of the Son later on. We'll get onto that tonight or this afternoon. Please come back for that. But it's, like, it's almost like a commercial. Come back for this afternoon. But Even without that, can I, can I just say this? He deserved that glory because of who he was. He says, Lord, glorify me. In fact, you go down to verse, verse 5. says, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. See, it was a glory that he laid aside. Turn with me over to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we, we know this passage of Scripture. We've, I preached it. You probably memorized at least some of, some of it. But in John chapter 1, John records this. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him, the Word, was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ, the Word, had his hand in creation. He wasn't a created being. 
Can I, let's just put this out there. And, and, and Jesus Christ, although the Bible does teach that he was the first, the only begotten son of the Father, he was begotten because of Mary. Uh, he was not a created being. He didn't come into existence at some point. Uh, uh, he was always there. He, he was there before the existence of time. Uh, as he, he had his hand there in creation. Uh, in fact, the Bible says that without Christ, there would have been no creation. You go to Colossians chapter 3. It talk, talks about how that because of him, the world exists. And because of him, the world continues to exist. That, that we rely upon the power of Jesus Christ. He keeps everything going. The Bible says he is our... Our creator. I don't know about you, but I've seen some beautiful sunsets. I've seen some beautiful vistas. I've seen some pictures of some really awesome places that I'll never get to go to. because, But they're just absolutely gorgeous. And I could stand there and watch, look at those things all day long and just be amazed at the beauty of it. But can I tell you, it was all done in the imagination of our creator whose glory is above everything else. You can see some, you can see some sunset somewhere and be like, Wow, that's amazing. You can see the, the galaxy, the Milky Way up in the sky, the, the, the beauty of the, the stars, and just be in, in, in complete awe of it all. But I want you to understand that that was spoken into existence like that by our Creator. And not only that, you, you can, as you look at the cosmos, bring that down into, into, in, in, just into, into our earth, into the very, the, the minute and the minuscule things of the molecules and the atoms and, and the things that make up our bodies and how, uh, the, the order and how everything works and how there's a, this, this balance that if it wasn't there, we wouldn't be here either. Can I tell you, all of that was done by Jesus Christ, our creator. He deserves to be glorified. The problem is uh, most people begin to worship the creation instead of cre the creator. We, we get in awe of the beauty of things and, and the, the, the order of things. And we get awe, in, in awe of, of, of the majesty of, of, of things that were spoken into existence in, in just a moment. And we don't have any way to even understand how they even exist. But God spoke it. God knew it. God made it. It was all in his imagination. And he made it real. That is the glory of our creator. Not, not only in him was the creation, but not only was he there and, uh, and before and he existed before it, and, and not only did he have his hand in making creation, but and, uh, he had his hand in giving life. He is the life giver. But he spoke the animals into existence. Uh, he, he, but listen, animals are different than, than mankind. And, Jesus, and the Genesis makes it very clear where, where he spoke those into existence. But man, he formed of the dust of the ground. It says, and God breathed in him, into him the, in his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. There is a difference between man and animal. God, God created us. Why? Because he desired to have a relationship with you and I. Uh, he, he, he loved us. Uh, we were his whole, the sole purpose of the creation of the earth. He didn't create the sunset because he thought it was beautiful. He created it for us. He didn't create the, 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 the vast, the, the, the oceans and the beaches and the lakes. I, I don't know about you, but I love the fall and the seasons and, and how everything works. Uh, uh, he created that for us so that we could survive and live and glorify him. He deserves to be glorified. We see him here asking to, to and, and, and back there in, in uh, John chapter 17, we see him asking uh, to be glorified, but this is a, a, a glory that he deserved. It's intrinsic in who he was. He is God. And can we not glory in the fact just of who he is? Not in what he did, but in the fact that he is God. There is, even science can't explain how everything started. Can I say this? Science in the Bible don't contradict. We don't know everything there is to know about science. If you talk to a scientist and you ask them, well, where did this, how did this happen? What started all? We don't really know. Maybe there were aliens. Really? I've actually, I actually I heard a, 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 a very a, a devout atheist, very well known. Very, uh, that was a possibility. That's a possibility, but the, the possibility of, of a god is not a possibility. That's what you said. That was what they said. That's a, a, it's a rejection. It's a rejection of, of 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 who God is. And the Bible says, "The fool has said in his heart, there is no God." I'm sorry, but you cannot look at this earth. You cannot look at life around us and say. There wasn't some kind of creator. 
There wasn't, there wasn't uh, somebody who brought this all together and keeps it all together. We, uh, the laws of physics and the laws of gravity, the laws of, of reason don't allow us to, 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 to come along and say, well, it all just happens. It couldn't just happen. There's too much order. This, uh, any book, I have an iPhone 11 Pro Max. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. I think it's one of the newer iPhones. Somebody put this together. I bought it at a store, but it didn't just magically appear. Somebody had to solder things together, and somebody designed it. Somebody put applications. It's a, it's a small computer. It's, they can do a lot of stuff. It's really cool what they could do. But understand, somebody built it. Somebody with a brain. Somebody with a, uh, with, that could, that could uh, uh, conceive of that. I don't have that kind of intelligence or that kind of imagination. Uh, but, but somebody had that. In fact, there's a team of people probably that had that. And guess what? In a year, in fact, it probably isn't, it's probably not the newest one out now. I don't know if it is or not. Uh, but in, in a year, it will be old hat and not as good as the next one that comes out. Because somebody will come out with something better and bigger and faster. But the key word is somebody did it. And as, as intelligent as some, some human beings are, God spoke everything into existence. See, they have to take pieces and parts and make this. There were no pieces and parts. God spoke it into existence. God created man. God gave life. He is God. Jesus Christ is God. Notice this in Jesus there in John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Say, well, that doesn't teach the Trinity. That's only two persons of the Godhead. Well, when, when Jesus was baptized, Jesus, the Son of God, was brought under the water and brought back up. And the Holy Spirit, like a dove, came down, lighted upon his shoulder. And then the, the voice of the Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We see here a relationship. All three are God. They're just different persons of the Godhead. And while that is difficult for us to understand and to grasp, just a, a, a very simple explanation, and, and this is very simple, and the Godhead is much more complex than this, but an egg. You have a, the shell, the yolk, and the white. Yes, I got all three correct. Yay! I got all three correct. Right? All one egg but three separate parts. Uh, so as we see God, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God, but so is God the Father, the second person in the Holy Spirit. So we see, we see a, a, a deserved glory. A deserved glory because of who he was. But not just because of who he was, but because of what he did. Look with me at verse 2. It says, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, and God the Father gave Jesus the power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. It's a, it's a, it, we, we, we can, Jesus praying and asking God to glorify him. He, he deserves that glory because of who he is, but also because of what he did. He completed here, according to these coming verses, he completed the work that God had for him to do. He prepared those disciples. He kept those disciples. He taught those disciples, those, those, those men who were going to then go out with the gospel. Now, his work wasn't finished until he died on the cross and said, it is finished. But, but he, uh, the hours come. Everything that needed to be done up until that point was finished. He had completed exactly what he had set out to do. And listen, uh, he did it. He was tempted like, just like you and I were, but the Bible says, yet without sin. Can we, can we just imagine how difficult it would be to deny the, the temptation in your life every single time? Has anybody ever here, anybody here ever done that? No. The Bible says he was tempted just like we were. We, we going back to, uh, we won't do it, but then you go back into the beginning of the Gospels, at the beginning of his ministry, right after he was baptized, the Spirit led him up into the wilderness for 40 days where he fasted and prayed and was tempted of the devil in the wilderness. I don't know about you, but uh, I've given into in temptation. And listen, when I'm at my weakest, I am most likely to give in to temptation. 
I went down to a prayer retreat here earlier this year. And it was a, it was a prayer, prayer and fasting. And, and there's a period of time where I, where I did not eat. Can I tell you? When the guy who came in late carrying in a box of donuts, when he showed up, we all hated him. Because <laughs> we hadn't eaten in three days and he was just getting there. I'm thankful the box was empty or else there would have been a whole lot of people that broke their fast. <laughs> the looks he got. And, and nobody would have done it when anybody was looking. We would have waited till, the, till everybody had gone to their rooms and, and then we would have snuck in because we wouldn't want to look unspiritual, but we certainly wanted those donuts. When we're weak, and that's the, that's, that is the easiest time for Satan to get us. And listen, we can be weak after a victory. Elijah was weak after his victory up on the mountain. And he, he wore himself out in preparing that, that sacrifice and praying and, and God delivering. And, God, God, and then he slaughtered 450 prophets of Baal. I don't know about you, but that'd be pretty tiring. Then he ran down the mountain ahead of the storm. And, and then he went traveling. And what did he do when he got down after he was threatened with his life? He's, he says, Lord, just kill me. I'm better, I'm better off dead. I'm all by myself. He was weak. We can be weak at, at different times in our life. Listen, we're weak if we just don't read our Bible for a day or two. If we allow the things of this world to, to distract us and to get us away, we can be weak. And listen, when we're weak, Satan will get us. But Jesus, at his weakest, not having eaten for 40 days, didn't turn the stone to bread. He had the power to do it, but he didn't do it. Would you? I've been hungry before, but I've never starved myself for 40 days. Bring a donut before me. I might eat your arm while I eat the donut. The Bible says he came to his own. His own rejected him. I don't know about you, but I don't like rejection. A lot of, a lot of, and I think it's ingrained in most people to be people pleasers. Now, don't misunderstand me. Not everybody is a people pleaser, but we all have a desire to be liked by somebody. Uh, as long as my wife is happy with me, I'm okay. <clears throat> I hope. <laughs> but Jesus came to his own, and even his family mocked him and ridiculed him. The, the, the majority of the Jews rejected him, but he still loved them. He, 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 he loved us when we rejected him. He knew that you were going to sin after salvation. That you were going to heap more sin on to, to him at the cross after he died. And do it knowingly. And he still loved you. He, lo he loved those men who hammered the nails in his head. He died for them as well. The Bible says a greater love than doing this, the man who lays down his life for his friends. We're to love our friends, we're to love our enemies. But Christ died for everybody. He deserves to be glorified. He's had power over all flesh, verse 2, that he should give eternal life. See, not only did he give life, we all have life, we all have breath, but it's only Jesus Christ that can give us eternal life. It's only Jesus Christ that can forgive sins. Remember when, he's, when he was talking with the uh, Pharisees, the man's let down to the roof. Uh, I would have been upset there was a hole in my roof, but, but Jesus looks up, sees the, and it wasn't his roof, uh, so, but, but the man's let down by the four. And God says, uh, Jesus says to him, he says, the sins are forgiven thee. And the Pharisees, how dare you say this? They're all thinking this in their mind, that nobody said anything out loud, but Jesus they knew what they said, and, and he says, well, it's easier to say that sins are forgiven thee. Just get up and walk just so you know that I can forgive sins. It's only through Christ that we can have eternal life. Now, that, life, that eternal life is described to us here. It isn't, again, it isn't that golden ticket. It isn't the get-out-of-hell-free card. It's, it's a relationship with the Father. It's a relationship with the Son. That is eternal life that, that we can have, but we can only have it through Him. Because of that, we deserve, he deserves to be glorified. 
It's a deserved glory. It's a, it's a predetermined glory. Uh, I already mentioned in Revelation 13, 8, 13, 8 says that, that the, the lamb was, was, was slain before the foundation of the earth. Uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it's it already planned out, and, and so we're not going to labor this point, but, but because we've already talked about it, but, but it's a predetermined glory. Uh, it, this was going to take place because of the plan of God. Uh, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't how, how things fell out. It was the way God planned for it to be. God, and Jesus Christ humbled himself and yielded himself and submitted himself to the Father to set aside his glory so that he could then be glorified. Thirdly, and lastly, it's a shared glory. It's a shared glory. What do you mean? Verse 1 says, Father, the hours come, glorify the Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. See, the glorification of the Son and the, and the glorifying of Jesus Christ the Son, the Father, is glorified. Jesus, the Bible, the Bible, Jesus taught, if you, if you know me, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard the things from me, that you, what you've heard is the things that were given to me by the Father. In fact, in John 14, 6, said, there is no other way unto the Father but by me. So, so yes, Jesus should be glorified because as he is glorified, God the Father is glorified. And soon, when he's about to leave, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And guess who the Holy Spirit glorifies and teaches of? Jesus Christ. Why? So that God could be glorified. As Jesus is praying for this glory, glorified, it isn't a selfish prayer. In the end, he knows that in this, that he is glorifying God the Father by being glorified. In fact, you see the same thing there back in John chapter, John chapter 12 when he asked for to be glorified. So they, and he said, I have glorified you, and, and, or I have been glorified and I will be glorified again. Why? In the death of Jesus Christ. And can I tell you this? This prayer was answered in the death of Jesus Christ as he hung upon that cross, as he died for us. He says, it is finished. That work was finished for once and for all eternity. It was done. See, before they had to slay, uh, they slay their, their own sacrifices and, and take the blood of bulls and goats, which can't really take away sin, the Hebrews tells us. And, and, uh, but without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, Hebrews also tells us. So Jesus had to die so that we could live, so that we could know Christ, so that we could know the Father. And in his death, he was glorified. But not only that, he was glorified in his resurrection. He lay in that grave for three days. And listen, if he was still in that grave, we would, according to Paul, be as all men, hopeless, most hopeless, most miserable. Why? Because the one that we gloried in is now dead and turned out to be nothing but another man. But Paul said, and Paul said, if that's the case, if there is a resurrection of the dead, then we have no hope. And that, 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 that the truth that, that all, the, all those who are preaching the gospel are liars. And, and it goes down down this domino effect of, of how terrible it would be if Christ, if Christ died and was still in the grave. But alas, he is not in the grave. He has been, he has been risen. There is hope. There is a, eternal life that we can have. And Christ is glorified in his resurrection. I, I don't know about you, but the Bible says that the, the men fell back. At, at the sight of an angel. You know why the stones rolled away? Not to let Jesus out. To show us he was no longer there. The, the song that we sang, the new song, uh, we, I'm not always a fan of singing new songs because the truth is I, I don't always, well, I like to be able to sing songs we know. But, but it says, God the uncreated one, the author of salvation, who wrote the laws of space and time, who fashioned words to his design, the one whom angels hosts revere, hung the stars like chandeliers, numbered every grain of sand, knows the heart of every man. He is king forever. God, our fortress and our strength, the rock on, on which we can depend. Matchless in his majesty, his power and authority, unshaken by the schemes of man, never changing, great I am, kingdom rise and kingdoms fall. He is faithful through it all. Crown him King forever. Mighty God in mortal flesh, forsaken by a traitor's kiss, curse of sin and centuries, did pierce the lowly Prince of Peace. Oh, lifted high the sinless man, crucified the spotless lamb, buried by the sons of man, and rescued by the Father's hand to reign as King forever. King, eternal God of grace, we crown you with the highest praise. 
Heaven shouts and saints adore your holy, holy, holy Lord. With joy is everlasting life. All is love and faith is sight. Justice rolls and praises rise at the name of Jesus Christ, King of kings forevermore. He is and deserves to be glorified because of who he is. Because of what he's done. And in that he glorifies the Father. It's a shared glory. Let's finish with this Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. He set aside his glory. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death. He was God. He didn't have to die. He set aside his glory. Wherefore God, because of what he has done, because of who he is, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, I, I know that today not every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. I know that today that not every knee bows. Today, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Going with the rest of this prayer, it talks about interceding for us with the Father. He intercedes for us while we are here, that God would keep us in this world, keep us through this world. Not to remove us from the world, but to keep us. He's interceding for us now, but one day he will return. And can I tell you, when he does, every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we will all see him in the glory that he deserves. It will not be, a, he will not come back as a humble carpenter with, with calluses on his hands. He'll come with, with the word of God in his spewing from his mouth and a sword in his hand, riding on a white horse. Can I tell you, it will be glorious to see. The question is, what do you do with Christ now? Say, well, I'm saved. Praise God that you're saved. You have been given eternal life. And we have seen this morning that that eternal life isn't just a ticket to heaven or a get out of jail free or get get out of hell free card. It's an opportunity for you to have a relationship with the Father and with the Son. What are you doing with that relationship? We all have relationships with different people. It's amazing what happens uh, with, with those relationships. I'm married to my wife, and I love my wife with all of my heart. But guess what? If I stopped talking to my wife, if I didn't spend any time with my wife, uh, I'd still have a ring on my finger, but my relationship would be falling apart around my ears, and I might come. Uh, listen, you don't know how fast that relationship can be destroyed. Uh, uh, just, uh, just yesterday, I don't know how many of you have ever heard of uh, the, the, uh, the, the podcast un, un, Unbroken, not Unbroken. Um, unshackled, thank you. Uh, there's a testimony of a, of a woman, she's saved, grew up in church, and, and uh, when she, she got married, and while she was married, she they had a couple, they had a couple of kids. I don't, she grew up in church, she wasn't saved. She, I haven't listened to the end of it yet, but, uh, but in that first, when she first got a Facebook account, she, she got into contact with some old friends, and one of those old friends was an old boyfriend. And in three weeks, she was ready to get a divorce because he told her all the things that she wanted to hear. Say, so what does that have to do with my relationship with God? Satan will tell you all the things you want to hear. He, he, he will give you everything that you want. He will, he will lay it before you on a silver platter and say, just walk away. So I would never walk away. All it takes is a simple glance. 
And the next time you hold that glance, David didn't sin when he looked off the roof down at Bathsheba. He, when he began to think about it and meditate, and then when he called for it, that's when the sin took place. Can I tell you, it is easy for the world to get a hold of our hearts and our minds and to draw us away from the Savior. And it might not happen in a day, and it may not happen in a week. But we'll be surprised how far away from God that we'll find ourselves if we are not careful, if we are not guarding our hearts and our minds. So what do I do? Purposely, purpose in your heart and purposely make time for God and Christ every single day. Read your Bible. Pray. Listen, this is the building blocks, the basics, the ABCs of Christian living. Pray and read your Bible and get to know who God is because we've been given and afforded that opportunity through the death of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. He has given us eternal life. So I'm not saved have a choice so we know the bible says that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord you don't have a choice as, as to doing that you just have a choice as to when you do that so if you are not saved here today if christ is not the king of your life if you've never trusted him in his death and his resurrection for faith, for your salvation and how you get to heaven you say, well, it's that, and, and I'm a good person. It doesn't matter whether we're a good person. The Bible says, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. We all fall short. We all stand in need of salvation. We need Christ. The Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith, and then not yet, yet yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. We can't, we can't do it ourselves. We can't earn it ourselves. We can't buy or purchase or, or inherit or, 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 or earn that Get out of jail free card. What we can do is receive the gift that Jesus Christ gave to us in the cross. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What can you do? If you are not saved here today and you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he did die for you, that, that he did rise again, and, and uh, that every day, will want, every day every knee will bow, you can bow your knee today and worship him. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not an if, it's not a, it's not a maybe, it's not a, it's not a could be, it's not a, I, I really hope it is. First John tells us that we can know without a shadow of a doubt that we have eternal life. In fact, First John chapter 5 tells us that the, the whole book was written that we might know that you have eternal life. If you don't know for sure that you have eternal life today, you can know before you walk out those doors. I, I, would, I urge you. If the Lord's speaking to your heart at all, that you would that you would come forward this morning as we're we're going to be praying here in a few minutes, and that you would come forward and 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 come to Christ. Let somebody take a Bible and show you not just because I said it, but let let the Word of God show you how you can be saved, and then trust trust in Him. If you're saved, and somebody else, maybe you're the one sitting on the throne of your life, maybe today we we give God back His throne, and we. We give God, Jesus Christ, back the glory that he deserves because of who he is and what he's done for us. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, and how you speak to us. Lord, may your hand be upon the rest of the service. Lord, we leave it up to you. Lord, I pray that you speak to each and every heart. Lord, that we'd be tender to, to the, and yielded uh, to the moving of your spirit. If there's one who's not saved today, I pray that that person would come to Christ. Lord, if there's others who, who may be struggling in the Christian walk, Lord, may you, may you deal with them as needed, Father. And may we all humble ourselves and yield ourselves to you as we glorify Christ and the Father. We love you, Father, for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.